I'm not good at a lot of things, but I'm very good at drinking for a long time. Like, I know exactly how to pace myself. Like, I never get too fucked up. No one will ever know when I'm wasted. I'm just, like, vibing. But I'll literally just start drinking at 6 in the morning, mimosas, till, like, noon, and then switch to beers. And I just drink till, like, midnight. And I just, I don't, like, get really fucked up. I think I just found our intro for this week. I just run around fucking Vegas having (laughs) beers, dripping beers. Everyone else gambles. And then I'm at the pool in the morning and... Scotty's Life's a legend. Good, man. Is what we learned I today. love, Scotty's I love Vegas. A rebuilding job. Energy. You know, great to see you. Hello. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I'm your host, Andrew. Got three great Americans with me who are all excited about Ricardo Pepe. It's international break week here on the Depot, and we are going to talk some Spurs, talk some international duty for some of our players, and other things that, that, that might come up. And, and Todd's already chiming in because I said duty, and that's funny because duty's a funny word. The Todd father himself is at TC underscore Cachot. Todd, what's going on, my friend? <laughs> Oh, brother, any day. But you could talk about uh, Tottenham Hotspur and a variety of other good uh, things in the footballing world. It's a good day. And uh, I get to do so with you gentlemen, so I'm even happier about it. And you said duty within the first 30 seconds of the show, which uh, opened you up for a perfect Peter Griffin joke. And I can't pass that up. I just can't. I, so did, that just, I did that just for you. Just for you, my friend. <sighs> I miss Dakota you is at Dakota J. Booth. Dakota? going on my friend uh nothing much i'm just really impressed that todd was able to clock that was the first 30 seconds of the podcast because the timer up there says almost 34 minutes because yeah. we've just been hanging out yeah we, and that's the, fun the, the four of us have pretty much just been shooting the shit for half an hour before actually getting into doing what we came here to do but but we're doing it now which is great and that's that is the important part and i'm also glad that dakota's wi-fi is better this week than it has been hey he's he's, he's got the hookup so that's good i've got everything turned off except for this computer so yeah and and the three of us of course yeah we're 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 very turned on to do a podcast with you dakota don't worry yes sir See, I got duty and turned on all in, all in the first minute or so. Of the podcast. And that's the perfect spot to bring in at DSM Spurs, Mr. Scott himself from up there in Seattle. You talk about duty and being turned on. I mean, let's just bring in Scott. Scott, what's going on, my friend? Honestly, I'm too distracted to, to tie into that joke because Dakota <laughs> sent me this fucking play from the Seahawks game. Fuck the Seahawks, by the way. Um Oh, we're just coming in hot, boys. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I say that because every time I go to a fucking bar to watch the U.S. play, I have to deal with all these Trump supporters that are screaming about how soccer's for losers and go Seahawks. It's fucking stupid. But um, And also, I just had to fucking deal with an employee. So it's been a distracting couple of minutes, but I'm glad to be here with you boys. And, you know, whatever you said, come on, you Spurs. Yeah, whatever hey. I said, indeed. Come on, me Spurs. Come on, my Spurs. Uh, guys, it's been a weird international break. Um, you know, not as weird as the last one where we had a couple of Argentinian players go away and pretty much disappear for, for a PJ for, for a while. Um, th- this one, a little different. We, we think that when these guys come back from international break, come next week, um, things will be a little smoother, we hope. 
Um, but overall, you know, it's nice to have a little break. It's nice, nice to, you know, it's nice to take a breath here and there, but, uh, we wanted to come in and talk some topics that are not like, let's start first with the big news from this past week. That's not really Spurs related, although it is premier league related and it actually has to do with, with Spurs next opponent, which we're going to talk about next. And that's the Newcastle takeover. This is a big fucking deal for, for like there's no other way to put it um huge saudi takeover of newcastle was completed this week um todd what what do we make of of this i mean it, it i guess it just kind of adds to the you know the list the growing now list of of english clubs that are that are experiencing this kind of move um but there's a there's been a lot of reaction throughout the league but also from tottenham fans who are kind of grateful to an extent that this kind of thing hasn't happened to Spurs, right? I mean, I think that uh, you have folks on, on both sides of the aisle. Listen, I think that anybody who is a Premier League fan can appreciate the fact that Mike Ashley has been shown the door because fuck that guy. Um, now, uh, to what end uh, is the devil you know better than the devil you don't know? I mean, I think that the man... Uh, in the north of England, that's probably uh, the most scared is Pep Guardiola because somebody's finally got more money than the folks who run that shithole of a club. So, uh, you know, we're in a position now where we're seeing um, power and money um, coming through sources that are maybe questionable for some northern fans. But I think that the one thing that we can definitely appreciate as Tottenham fans um is that, oh, wait a second. No, I think there's a lot of folks that would be really fucking happy if this was Tottenham. I think that there would be a lot of folks that would be like, oh, shit, does that mean we have to go buy Holland and, and I don't know, fucking Messi, Pochettino, pay that guy. Like, I think we're at a point right now where we're starting to see that this boils down to he who has the, the golden rule, right? He who has the goals, made, gold makes the rules, right? So that's essentially what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. Do you want to be left out? Now, what I think that we're actually seeing from Tottenham is I think that we're seeing Enoch and more specifically Daniel Levy position this thing to break the fucking bank when he sells it because it is the jewel of the English Premier League that is being that is waiting to be purchased. The best facilities, the best stadium a built-in fan base in the capital of the city, built-in rivalries it across the board. And you already have the foundation for revenue generating opportunities above and beyond football matches that you're not going to have at St. James Park. I'm sorry. That's what I'm talking about. So I think that as much as Tottenham fans may rejoice in the fact that this isn't us, I think that this is an inevitability, an inevitability. And I think that um, I hope the people that buy Tottenham have more money than these clowns. I don't know. Dude, that's going to be so tough because you mentioned that somebody finally has more money than the, the people who own Manchester City. They don't just have a little bit more money. They have a hundred times more money. And it's, it, I saw a breakdown today of like 80% of the wealth in the uh, ownership of the Premier League is in this one ownership group that just took over Newcastle. That's an outrageous amount. It's 320 billion 
great British pounds that they are bringing with them to Newcastle upon Tyne. And that is going to be wild. You know, they, they've said today they have a, a goal of winning the Premier League in the next five to ten years. You know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that needs to happen in Newcastle for that to happen because, um, I mean, they're going to need to do a lot of the stuff that Spurs have already done to attract the the type of talent that is going to be to that they're going to need to win those things because money definitely does things. But if you want it to be any sort of sustainable, which it seems like they do want it to be some sort of sustainable, um, they're going to need top class facilities. They're going to need probably a new stadium. They're going to have to overhaul everything. And I think that they realize that because part of the ownership group is Red Bull. So it's Red Bull Newcastle essentially now, uh, which incredible for Red Bull, good on them because they have a pipeline from every corner of the world into the Premier League now. And um, you know that, that we've got a few boys in the U.S. men's national team set up that are a part of that Red Bull um, corporation, I guess you want to call it. Pipeline, so, yeah. Yeah, pipeline. So good for them. You know, they've got an, an, a direct line to the Premier League, which is you know going to be good for the U.S. men's national team. But I don't know how good this is for the Premier League overall, for football overall, because like Todd said, I think this is just the first domino to fall. And, you know, I don't know how many more dominoes there are, uh, bigger dominoes, especially that can fall after this. But I think as Spurs fans, like Todd mentioned, the way that Daniel Levy has set up things, we're definitely going to find out if there's a bigger domino to fall and it might fall with us. Fuck around and find out, son. All right, exactly. Dakota, I think the point you make is really interesting on on whether or not this can be a something that's sustainable for for a, for a club like Newcastle. If it can be something that, you know, obviously folks like the team clubs like Manchester City have been able to sustain what they're doing, um, but they're doing it in a city like Manchester with a club that at least has a little bit of the built in history. And it's not to say that Newcastle doesn't have built in history, but they don't have built in history as this type of club as a Manchester city type of club. And I'm interested to see if that goal of winning a premier league within the next five to 10 years, if that's a Leicester city type of goal, or if that's a Manchester city, Chelsea, Manchester United type of goal in terms of the spending and in terms of the investment uh, and the input, because frankly for Newcastle to be Leicester or to be Tottenham at this point would be an upgrade for, for what they have been um, over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. But for them to, 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 to leap over that level of club in terms of size and, and immediately jump into the class of United city, Liverpool, um, Chelsea is that's quite a jump and quite a leap. Scott, what, what's your, what's your take on this? I mean, this is, I don't know that this is going to have an overnight effect up, up at Newcastle, but it certainly is going to reverberate throughout the, the Premier League and, and throughout not just English football, but I think even international football, this kind of thing. I think this is huge, man, and I don't like it. I think I think we – and I should say I, I don't like it. Like I have a fucking say, right? I'm just a random-ass person in Seattle. This, these people have more money than the entire – 
human history combined, right? Um, it's insane, but I don't like it, and I don't like it because it. I think this was kind of the nail in the coffin in what football has become. Because at this point, it's just going to be a pissing match over dollars, and it's going to get out of control. Um, I actually think that the impact they will have on disrupting the balance, which part of me is like, okay, disrupting the balance is a good thing, and I don't mind that, but I don't like the way it's being done, right? But they'll disrupt the balance quicker than I think we will. Um, like Dakota said, the money they have is fucking unreal. Um, like 10 times of what we see from city and they're going to straight up pay absorbent wages, financial fair play. You know, who knows what happens? I don't believe in, in anything that that fucking system has to offer anyways, but that died last year when Manchester city was allowed to, to stay in the Champions wages. League. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly why I say that, right? Like it's just a fucking joke. And Newcastle, there is mercenaries upon mercenaries upon mercenaries in this sport. And I don't even say that in like a derogatory way. Go be a mercenary. Feed the next 10 generations of your family. That's fine. Like, I have no disrespect for that. But there is mercenaries that will go to Newcastle quickly. Like we talk about to tie it into Spurs, you know, conversation. What kills us is that we don't have any pull on the footballing side or the, or the financial side, right? People will take higher wages. Newcastle will get extremely talented players in there on some crazy wages and they will start winning quickly. And that's where I say, this is a fucking travesty because this is like the nail in the coffin into what football has become. The next club that falls in place, you guys think it may be us. Part of me is like, yeah, sure. Part of me is like, Jesus, is this where really where we are? Right. But, um, I look at I look at this whole takeover. It was a long time coming. It was a lot of work. There was a lot of hurdles, a lot of what we thought were closed doors. This group obviously wanted to buy Newcastle very, very aggressively. They got it done. And Newcastle is the only club in Newcastle. It's the only club in that part of England. And it's a massive fucking club. And there's a very specific reason, very smart decision, but there's a very specific reason they bought that club because that club is primed to blow the fuck up and be like, I don't know, the next the next big thing, right? It really, really is primed to be the next global club because it is the club in that part of England, and it's a fucking football-mad part of England, right? I think there's a really, really interesting part to this takeover and the timing of it because Newcastle have to stay in the Premier League for any of this to even matter. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> they're, sitting on, important. they're sitting on three points right now and do not look like they have any teeth in them at all. Not, and, that, not that a relegation would destroy them, though, because they it would actually this, be better. Yeah. That, it would be better the because then, then there would be no expectations and you could legitimately get rid of the dead weight and the dead contracts and that are all going to start it over. In, transfer requests when they get dropped and then you could actually build it up from the system within the red bill organization oh christ yep well and how must how must fans of of a club like sunderland feel not only that you know this kind of thing happens after their couple of years of 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 a downfall but especially after Scott just disrespected them the way that he did, saying that there's no other club right. in that region of the country uh, that's that's of that magnitude. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? 
I mean, he you're, you're not. One. Yeah, you're not completely wrong, but I mean, still. Well, they have a Netflix uh, documentary, but they're in fucking. Oh, I yeah. guess they're in the championship now, aren't they? Obviously. They got that. They, they got that going for them, which is nice. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, it's, 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 it's tough. Just, it, it's worrying to me, man. It really is. Um, and and I and I guess the the point when it comes to would Spurs fans want this kind of thing to happen. Many no. would not. I think. I. I think. I think where I was going with to, to that was: Would Spurs love an influx of cash? Of course. Would Spurs fans want a Saudi group where there are a lot of ethical and moral boundaries to be okay. crossed over to, to to purchase to purchase the club? That's where I think okay. a lot of people are so, also rubbing bil- being rubbed bil- the wrong way here. Billionaires in only- general are problematic. One hundred percent. Well, 100%. fair, but. The, the Saudi folks aren't the only folks with money. Okay, there's a yeah. reason why you've been seeing stuff floating around with Amazon logos on it. Like, just like there's yes. Daniel Daniel Levy is no bullshit, gentlemen. This man yep. is plotting something fucking Dude. massive. No it question. Is 25 yep. years in the making. Yeah, and it's not going to be small because Daniel Levy doesn't do small shit. We have the yep. best facilities. We have the best stadium. Like, well, I I tweeted out go. I I tweeted out that you know if I said when when Newcastle win a trophy before we do, like <laughs> we got to stay the course because what we are building, what Daniel Levy has been building, what we are I think close to honestly is a reign of dominance that isn't gonna ebb and flow with how much money our owner has. Because it's going to be Whoa. a machine that is able to just keep pumping out, you know, hopefully silverware after silverware after silverware. And I, I think the the unfortunate and fortunate part to that is the way that Daniel Levy and Enoch has gone about things is the current situation is not solely dependent upon the football you don't necessarily need to pack that stadium out every single weekend to have a full transfer kitty every summer because you've got the NFL deals. You've got the stadium naming rights that I'm sure are going to come in the next couple of months. The you've Anthony got the Joshua concerts, fights. you've got the boxing, you've got all of this other stuff that's bringing in this money that, you know, for better or worse, it's less, less reliant on people like us, people like the listeners uh, in England who are going to show up on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So no, that sucks, but it's, but it's good business, unfortunately. Well, and, and to, to elaborate and to your point, I mean, you talked about the 20 year plan many times, right? It just so happens that they bought the club 20 years ago, right about fucking now. Right. Um, and so who knows when that 20 year plan actually started, but when you look at Tottenham, they very they're very similar to Newcastle and they they own a massive piece of like the geographical market because Arsenal a lot of their fan base is going to come from central London and 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 towards that area but if you look at the map and you and if you've been to Tottenham you feel it like it's a it is there's a reason that a club that just competes for just being good enough for like decades packs a fucking 62,000 seater stadium when it's not in the situation it's in, right? Relatively speaking, but there's a reason for that, right? Because it's a massive fucking club. And so 
if I'm an organization like Enoch, who is very shrewd when it comes to financial business decisions, I look at Tottenham as a club that can net me a lot of money in 20 years. And it just so happens that there's a 20 year plan that they brought up and it's 20 years later. And I'm not saying we're going to get bought tomorrow, but no question. You guys are both onto something very substantial here. We will get bought at some point and we will get bought for a very substantial amount of money. And I pray to God, there's no human rights violations intertwined because if I was a Newcastle fan, like I'm not even kidding. There's a reason that I despise PSG and I despise Man City and I, I have a one PSG kit I bought seven years ago and I don't fucking take it out of the box it's in because that, that club's disgusting, right? And I would have never want to be involved in something like that, but I would love for us to be bought by Amazon because here's the thing. If you want to win, you have to be mega rich. That is it, today decided that like Lester's will never happen again. It's done. And that's why I or it is, will like once every thirty years, like dude, Blackburn. Whatever, yeah, Le- exactly. Le- Lester, Le- let's put Lester's an oil club too. They just go yeah. about it in a more sneaky way. Let's that's put that true. out there. You're let's. Not, I don't wrong. disagree with you. I don't and disagree hey, at all. Yeah. Hold on, real, real quick though. There's a giant difference between the way that that organization is run and that the organization that we're referring that we're talking about right now 100%. Are, are run are going yeah. to be run. I give all totally. due respect to the people whose name is far too long and far too complicated for me to say the run Leicester city. They're good folks. And I respect the shit out of them. I wish, I wish that an ownership group like that, that gave a fuck like those guys give a fuck bought Tottenham. I wish that happened. No question, man. No question. And, 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 and just to just kind of wrap up my rant here, like, yes, it's, yes, it's disastrous that I'm saying I want Amazon to buy us. But it's literally where the sport has put us. If we yeah. ever want to be successful again, so way. And I'm just gonna. I've ha- I I I took a little hiatus from drinking, and I had three heavy IPAs. I'm I don't know what the <laughs> percentage was, but they were deep because I feel it. I'm a little buzz right now. But that's where I'm gonna bring up again. I want parity in sports. I want opportunities for 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 there to be parity, and we you know we. The three of us can go on about this because I know a little little tussle maybe started in the WhatsApp chat, and I ducked, but. There, there needs to be more parity, and yeah, say what people want about American sports. Come at me, dude. Like, I would love to see some more of that in in English football because it's fucking spiraling really fast, and today is indicative of that. the The point that Dakota made earlier, though, and I think I think it's what you're trying to say, Scott, is that all billionaires are evil. <laughs> like billionaires, it just comes with the baggage. Mm-hmm. But 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 you're right as well. Like this is where sport on a global scale is going and we deal with this in american sports north american sports as well with these clubs just gaining and gaining and gaining more and more riches and none of you know these are not losing entities these 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 properties because that's what they really fucking are they're franchises they're properties they don't lose money and and to your earlier point about geography i actually don't think it's as much about geography as it is kind of the the, like you said, the, the monopoly houses of the, the NFL, the boxing, the stadium, the this, the that, like, like no, Tottenham, Tottenham no, is it, planting its flag in all the different geography is important in the UK, though, because it's a little yeah. tiny island and they're fucking packed. So it really it yeah. does make a difference. But I agree with your point, too, Andrew. I'm not disagreeing. with. But you. I mean, Tottenham has grown itself as a global brand and that, and that is helped through things like the NFL deal and through things like having, having the best Korean player on your team um, and growing into the Asian market and 
you know, getting yourself the into England the captain, the French Cup, World Cup winning captain. Those yes, things matter. Getting yourself into the fucking Madden video game, like all of those things, like they grow yeah. everything. The Nike, more. Nike I mean, Kane all of that. Newcastle for two hundred million. <laughs> yes, all of these things grow the grow the global brand. So it, it is a geography thing. I get what you're saying, and it's important to be a London club, but it's bro. Newcastle is like Buffalo. But I mean, let's right. just be real. Or like, you know, or here's a, here here. This might be a better comp. It's about to become Green Bay. I mean, it's, they're about to become the Green Bay Packers. It's a big city. Of, it's a big in term, city. In terms of recognized, you know, on the map. This or is, maybe, yeah. or maybe Manchester City is Green Bay, and I don't know. I, I don't know, man. That's it's. They're not Green Bay in the sense that Green Bay is a locally owned club. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking <laughs> I mean, about. I know what you mean. I'm talking about in terms of recognizable in a, an unrecognizable place. I mean, it's because, just no, nobody's nobody's going to confuse the conversations that are being had in Wickham with the conversations they, that are being had in in, in London. No, like, true. so that's that's the only point that I'm making is that I mean, if you're having conversations about like where Mbappe wants to play. Like showing yeah. him around Newcastle versus showing him around <laughs> Madrid is going to be that a little video, trill, brother. There's that video <laughs> from a while back of who was it on the plane that that, that joked about he it sold him to Newcastle and it and, was like a it was like a year ago when all this yeah. uh, these rumors started going this? up. It was like they're going to go buy Mbappe, and Mbappe was like, "Isn't isn't it cold there?" Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> so right. That's what I'm saying. Like or he said, it's not warm you... there, is it? Yeah. It's not warm. You know who you know who Newcastle is going to get. They're going to get a lot of Germans. They're going to get a lot of Germans. They're going to get a lot well, of Swiss. They're going to get a lot know, of North Europeans. And they're you know what the thing about that is, Todd? It's going to be Germans silly. are Germans are pretty damn good at football. So I know, I know. <laughs> uh, this Ugh. is um, it, it's an evolving story, and it will continue to, even though it's not a Spurs specific story, it will continue to affect Spurs in many ways and in many of the ways that we've talked about and probably some of the ones that we haven't even realized yet. So it's something that we will certainly be keeping our eye on. But um, we're going to bring it back to the, the, the micro instead of the macro. We're going to talk best 11 formation and look ahead to, oh yeah, Newcastle uh, and, and, and facing that team next week. Uh, it, it'll be their first match as a, an oil club and it'll be against the Tottenham Hotspur club themselves. Uh, We'll do all that. We'll look at all that stuff right after this. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot. Andrew here along with Todd, Dakota, and Scott. Full house. And we are talking Spurs and lineups and best 11. And I think Dakota brought kind of the, the best question of all of this as we kind of look ahead beyond this international break uh, and he brought it to our group chat to talk about for this very podcast. And that is are Spurs going to be smart enough. And I guess it's not even Spurs is Nuno Espirito Santo going to be smart enough to stick with 
the 4-2-3-1 that has led to better results uh, from the last two matches. Um, and, you know, what, what I think I liked from the Aston Villa match was, even though he didn't really play all that well, was the two sitters and the ability to, to, to leave Tangi Dambale as kind of the floating number 10. And this team obviously doesn't have a true number 10 uh, on on the roster, but, you know, well, we you do, can, but he's 17 or whatever. <laughs> right. But you can kind of piece together maybe three different players into a number 10. And if you can, yeah. so, so, uh, you know, not to get all uh, Halloween vibes and creepy here, but if you could sew their different parts together and create one out of, <laughs> out of three or four different guys, that would kind of work. A Franken midfielder. Yeah. A Franken midfielder of like, you know, Lacelso and Dombele, maybe a little bit of Delhi parts in there too, mixed in uh, for some of his pressing ability. But um, you know, it, it is 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 that what this team's going to be now? Are they going to be able to stick to one one formation and find something that no. works, or no. is this just going to be a hodgepodge going forward? I don't necessarily see us having the personnel that will afford us the opportunity to have a, a regular lineup. To be entirely fair, um, I think they were undoubtedly going to see some injuries as the calendar turns into twenty twenty two, especially with all these fucking international breaks that we're dealing with. Right. And still, and still another one next month, I believe. What I'm saying. And then we get into the Christmas period and everything's fucking hot and heavy. And, uh, you know, the next thing you know, Harry Kane's ankles are down and we got to figure out where the goals are going to come from. Um, And so, you know, it's difficult for me to say that. What I would like to say is that I've seen sparks, Andrew, and I hope we come on to this from some players that are playing bit parts currently. that could potentially pay play bigger roles going forward that would allow us a little more dynamic. A, dy- a little more of a dynamic approach when it comes to what formations we utilize, maybe starting in the four, three, two, one, and then transitioning as the game wears on, depending on, on what the situations are. And well, who, we well, have who are those, who are those players for you? Brian Heal is, yeah, is was, really stepped that was the one I hoped you, that was the one I hoped you were going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be fair, um, I've been banging on about this for a long, long time, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it again. Oliver Skip is the best midfielder in this lineup, and I love, love Pierre-Emile Hoybier. He is my Viking, and everyone who listens to this knows that. But Oliver Skip is the best midfielder on this roster. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I, I would love to see us stick with this 4-2-3-1 that we've been playing. It, I mean, it's Spurs, right? Barcelona plays a 4-3-3, Spurs play 4-2-3-1. It's just how we roll. And I think there's a little bit um you know a little bit offensively to be desired when we're playing Javier and Skip in that pivot, but I think you have to. Um Javier scored a goal last time. Yeah, I mean we've I think you you have to play those two in that pivot if you're going to play that if if either of them aren't playing, you've got to switch up your whole system to accommodate for it. And that is a gigantic problem and is not okay uh, moving forward. And I think that is exactly what Todd, Todd was kind of getting at is, you know, we're going to see injuries, we're going to see fatigue, and that is why we're not going to see a consistent lineup. But if we can just, if we can try, <laughs> if we, we can do our best, to get a four-two-three-one consistent, you know, just send them out there, and I, you know, I'm, I'm still gonna say this. I think Tongi is gonna be best utilized deep. So 
I think that is going to be uh, that allows for some rotation in that pivot. Um, if one if one of Pierre and Skip need to need to sit, I know a lot of people don't agree with that. Uh, you you're fine to not agree with that. I think you're wrong, but. Oh, we'll, I start you know, to we'll see. With this and I have to talk we'll now. See. I have fine. to get Go in here. It. Get it. No. no, okay. I'll, of course, I'm, you know, dramatic effect. But here's the thing. Like, we played really well in our last game. Tongi had a, a lot of breathing room. He was afforded a lot, a lot of, a lot of opportunity to do his thing. And I'm, I don't mean to like go down the Tongi path, but it's all for a purpose. I was with, with Kat today, who you all know, and to the listeners, my wife, who is massive Yudet, like, you know, much more deep rooted and at least emotionally in time than I am, if the, if there is such a thing, but she is. And, and we were talking about Tongi today and I think I, I love him. I think he's a fantastic footballer. I was talking about how in the Premier League, it's not that the Premier League is the best league. It's just the Premier League is just bang, boom, fast bodies. It's it's an aggressive fucking league, right? And there's some players who are very technical that aren't as suited to it, right? So I was talking about Tongi as one of those people. And through our conversation, I thought about one person who I love dearly, who is not, who is not, when you look at the way he plays suited to England, Christian Eriksen. And he's fucking one of the best attacking midfielders you've ever seen in, in the Premier League era. No question about it, right? And it's because his manager figured out how to allow him to do what he does best. And that's what we got to do with Tongi, and that's a 4-2-3-1. You put Skip and Hoybeer behind Tongi, and you let Tongi play soccer, and you don't give him much to do. You just say, go play the game that you love to play. And you have two of the best behind you and you just go do your thing. And he did it in the last last match. And I want to see that continue because if he's not doing that, I just don't think he's cut out for the Premier League. And I think he's a fantastic, such a talented footballer. But if he's not protected by two guys behind him, he cannot play in England. And I feel very strongly about that. I think you can do that kind of thing in a game against Aston Villa where you end up having more of the ball and you end up kind of pressing the issue and forcing the issue a little bit more. I don't think you can do that against a team that's going to press the hell out of you like Chelsea or Man City um, or Liverpool exactly. for that matter. You, you you can't manage to do that. You almost have to play and somebody like smack me for saying this. You almost have to play Jose Mourinho ball against those teams right now <laughs> because of because of how little cover you have defensively. Well, you and have to try to counterattack. You're not wrong. And the other reason why is because you just simply don't have the talent skill is what yeah, I was going to say, but just fair say enough. Fair in, enough. The mid, in the midfield to hold the ball. Like, so uh, right. instead of trying to do so and getting smoked by whoever, wh- whichever all world midfielder city wants to roll out there, Chelsea's wants to roll out there. Um, you you got to sit and press. You're not wrong, but um, I, I don't know. Am I alone in thinking that we might actually buy players in January? No, I think I think it's coming too. I, I think we've got some guys scouted out, and I think we'll see at least two guys come in in January. I like that. Is one of them going to be an attacking midfielder? Because fuck my life. Huh? I hope. Uh, probably I hope not. Cool. <laughs> but well, I also the, hope that's, so. That's the thing, though, because we talk about Tongi, but if you're if you're playing Skip and Hoybier on a consistent basis in this midfield, and I feel like all we talk about is midfield on this podcast, but there's a reason. That's where most of Spurs' problems come from. Uh. 
if you're playing those two guys on a on a consistent basis, that leaves out two players in Deli Alley and Giovanni Lacelso who I don't know, what are those guys? Are those guys just bench players now? Deli no. No more Deli. That's a really great question, Andrew. I don't Thank you, think Dakota. anybody really knows the, the answer you. to your question, though. What? And that's I don't know. I think yes is the answer to that question. We've seen Giovanni Lacelso that it's come off the bench on a regular basis, and that's the way that Nuno has been deploying him. Now, is that fitness related? Is that time in the side? I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, but, but with Deli, but I think thing, that we've that's seen fine. Every- yes, I agree. I agree with Lacelso coming off the bench is fine. I also agree with Deli taking a back seat of a role. Um, when it's not related to pressing high as part of the game plan I, and coming off the bench, I see that as a positive. I don't know. Is that just me? No, it's a, it's a good shout, man. I mean, I think if I was Delhi, I would be at a point right now where I would, what I, or I would look at the situation and say, you know, I can either go to a team or probably at this point, like demand that I go somewhere where, I can be better, better utilized, right? Based on my talents, or I can do what Todd just said, right? And, and stick it out and be a part of the overall plan, but certainly not a, not a fulcrum in that overall plan. Right. Um, But better utilized to do what exactly? What Todd just said, be, be utilized off of the bench in certain tactical situations, because if we're not high pressing, I'm sorry, that guy can't be on the field. Like he just, he stagnates our attacks so much. And I'm sorry. I like, He's he he needs to be at the at the top of the attack or not on the field, in my opinion. And the way that he played the, in 17, 18, 16, 17, whatever, I don't even know. It's so hard to remember what those two years were. But those two years, he was very well utilized. And it's either that or nothing with that guy at this point. I guess I guess That's my odd. point is I guess my point is if he's going elsewhere. He almost has to go somewhere where he is big fish in a small pond. Because... Out of the league. Like yeah, Newcastle? Exactly. No, no, not like Newcastle. Germany. You somewhere like there. You, well, you guys well, like the Germany there. shout. I, I like the I like France. I th- I was gonna say France, yeah. Somewhere like, you know, Marseille or or I don't know. No, put that guy at PSG. Put that guy at PSG. Not yes, he, but... he's he's not going to PSG, man. Watch like, Poch and Kane. Swap swap Poch and Kane. Straight swap. We're talking I'm just, about Delhi. I'm feeling Kane We're all day. What I say, Kane, Kane for who earlier? Just Kane for whomever. Well, Kane I, for Pepe is what you said. He, yeah, I don't, I, I'm talking about big fish, smaller pond, like smaller than Tottenham pond, small, much smaller than PSG pond. Because uh, dude, I, I don't Ren, know where he. Lille, Ren. That's what I'm saying. Not Lille. Ren. Lille. Come on. Lille, yeah, yeah. No, but he's no, no, no. See, and, and this is why I say maybe Italy, right? Because you can go be big fish, small pond at one of the clubs in Italy and still live in Rome or, or still live in, in, but, Roma, in but also in, is that something Naples, that right? Delhi wants? This boy, Are you serious, dude? High fashion Delhi? You've seen the shit that guy wears around? He would fucking Galini were hanging about, out on Instagram two days ago. I'm not talking about fashion. I'm talking <laughs> dude, about Dude, they're going to collab. There's a remix coming out. This is oh, bullshit. Oh, I can't wait till Delhi and Galeen drop a fucking fire. We're not, we're, not, ah! we're not talking about we're not talking about fashion. Ooh. We're talking about football. Like I mean, football we're talking about Delhi. So what are, but Delhi cares about talking? both. Yeah. 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 Guardiola's daughter. But thanks for send him to Milan. send him to Venzia and let him wear those those Ooh, sick kits. Oh, those would be sick, actually. Ven- dude, he could. Honestly, I kind of see him being the next guy constantly asking about if AC Milan's interested. 
you know what? I've decided Actually, that he should just so go bad. to Newcastle and Rose, just bring and really take that back. No, he should that. just he should just bring his fashion style to the northeast of go, go to go to Newcastle, Delhi. Go go enjoy your time there. That's what that's what I've decided. <sighs> what if that um, guy what if that guy bangs in like eight goals in the next four games? Well, th- then I would be pretty much ready to have a heart attack because like it would be the most unexpected thing that I've ever seen. Then the sell guy, him when he's hot. The guy doesn't have he doesn't have that in his game right now. I don't know. And and here's the other weird thing. I, I mentioned Delhi and Lacelso earlier. What we've kind of seen out of Nuno, even playing a four-two-three, I, I believe we saw this two games ago, was that with the absence of Lucas and, and Bergvine through injury uh, over the last few weeks, he's going to throw one or one of those two guys up on a wing, and it, it won't really be a true wing. He won't really be. They won't really be true attacking wing players, but they'll kind of play like a midfield-ish, wing-ish role out on out on the side, and I don't really like. Delhi for that role, and I especially don't like Lacelso for that role, but he's going to do it. I mean, he's going to do it opposite Son and Kane, and and that's just going to be one of those weird things that we kind of deal with. Mm-hmm. And then it turns into this weird amalgamation of four actual midfielders on the pitch when you're actually trying to play with three midfielders on the pitch and two true attacking, you know, forward players and. It just all turns very weird, and and that's when I'm ready for Nuno to just like. Then we wonder you know, why Kane doesn't get service. Right, we wonder why Kane doesn't get service. We wonder why Son disappears for three games in a row, and we wonder why Nuno hasn't just said "fuck it, let's blow it up" and and you know play a back five at this point, which is what Dakota wants. Bring it on! Let's go. <laughs> it's, the pr- it's the solution to our problems. Dakota is so ready for the the Romero Rodon Dyer back three. Hey, that's a little mi- that's a little misrepresented. I would like Tanganga on the right hand side and Joe Rodon on the left hand side and Romero in the middle. And Eric Dyer box himself, really? I mean, like he's even he's arguably been our best central defender all year long. And it's right. Wasn't, right. He, wasn't, he, play, wasn't he not play there for player of the month the first month? Good. Yeah, play the pair until it doesn't work player. anymore. But when it doesn't work anymore, then you go to the back three. <laughs> I don't know, man. I like it. At, at this point where this club's at, anyone who I see as passionate as Eric Dyer is on the field, let that guy keep playing because that's a, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not entirely in disagreement with that. To to be fair, if I'm looking at the back four, Andrew, you wanted to talk best eleven. So, uh, it, it, you know, if, it, if you're uh, if you're looking at best 11, I'm talking about Emerson, who I was very impressed with in the last couple of matches. Um, I'm talking about Dyer and Romero in the middle. I'm talking about um, our boy Reggie on the left. Right. I'm with you guys. I like the, the four, two, three, one. I sit the pair uh, of fucking beasts right in front of Romero and Dyer to make him look delicious in, in, in skip and pH. Um, and then, you know, Kane's obviously up top. You got Sun on the left. You got Tongi in the 10. And, I, you know, Lucas is fine. It's fine, Andrew. <laughs> it's fine. I don't hate any of that. I don't. It's – I don't hate it. But, guys, we got Newcastle next week. Um, and, and even aside from Newcastle alone – because it's international break and we kind of look at these things in chunks. Um, there are four, actually weirdly only four matches in the premier league between 
this international break and the next international break. We've got Newcastle away, uh, then West Ham away, and then it's home against Man United. And then the last match is away to Everton. Now there are two conference league matches mixed in there along with a big Carabao Cup match away to Burnley. But let's pull those out right now and just look at those four Premier League fixtures. What is the, I guess, expectation slash um, reality for you guys for those four fixtures that I just mentioned? I'll go first. Uh, ten, 10 points is, is my expectation. Reality is eight points. That's a little more optimistic than I was going to be. <laughs> Shocker. I was going to say, I was going to say, uh, you know, eight to nine would be great. Um, but maybe six to seven is maybe more realistic the way we've been playing. Scott, what are you feeling for those, those four? They're difficult matches, man. They're very difficult matches. Um, all of them. Newcastle's yeah. going to be buzzing off of their bullshit, right? And they, <laughs> I don't know. I'm playing a lot of football manager now, and they got rid of win- transfer windows, so I'm a little confused. But I don't think they can buy anyone between now and that game, so that that should be <laughs> our favorite. Uh, but they could have Ronaldo, Messi, Neymar, all of those guys by the time we play them. So we got to be careful. But no, all jokes aside, they'll be buzzing, you know. And they're not playing terrible soccer. Um, they're not in a favorable position by any means. Um, but West Ham scares the shit out of me. Man United, fuck. Um, and Everton's a fucking good team, man, and they have a good manager. So we have a lot of work to do. Six points. I don't know where they're coming from. Um, yeah, that's where I am, 6-7. If we get nine, then we're in really good shape based on what I'm looking at. Um, but I would say six points is about as good as we can hope for out of this. Um, look, guys, I love Tottenham, but we're not playing good soccer at the moment. We we had, we put okay in our last match, um, and it was promising. But these are tough games, and the Premier League has continued to balance itself. So West Ham's a good team. Everything's a good team. We're not that good of a team at the moment, so we, we've got work to do. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, and we, who, who the hell knows what what will actually come out of this international break? Still matches to be played for 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 many of our players away from the actual confines of North London. So uh, fingers crossed, I guess, and hope for the best. Of course, when we hope and pray for the best, uh, that never really happens with with Tottenham Hotspur. But we will see. Uh, for those of you uh, looking for something else during this international break that's not Spurs related uh you guys might have noticed in our last international break we did put out a bonus episode that was talking specifically about the u.s men's national team and the world cup qualifying games that they are going through we are planning to do another one of those later this week so keep an eye out for that Uh, a bonus episode coming to your feed recapping the three games that uh that the u.s will have played during this window um so keep your eyes peeled for that we will try to get that out uh sometime perhaps thursday maybe friday but a little bonus uh bonus activity on the feed for you just like in the last window and we'll again try to do that again next window too these world cup qualifiers are a big deal uh at least for us american fans and we know a lot of us uh, a lot of our listeners are americans and care about both so uh we try to we'll try to fulfill those needs for you guys um international break guys this has been fun we'll we'll be back to talk about the Newcastle Spurs match next week. Um, and hopefully, you know, hopefully we don't get oil all over us 
um, because that's going to be a weird one. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of buzz around that match. I don't think we realize yet because it, because of the international break, the buzz will start to pick up, and and that's there's going to be a lot of publicity around that. One. And of so course, it's us coming back, right? And of course, it's us coming back. Naturally, that perfect. is the way that that would go. So get us fucking uh, perfect. You can follow Scott at DSM Spurs, follow Dakota at Dakota J Booth, follow Todd at TC underscore Kasho, follow me at A Stetka, follow the podcast at Tottenham Depot. Until next week, following Spurs Newcastle, this has been the Tottenham Depot podcast. As always, come on you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>